With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Exalt. Exalt are a brand that provide juices and shakes from all raw, fresh and natural ingredients. And they're designed by nutritional experts. They're a brand that actually reached out to me a couple of months ago. The first thing I did was Google what they're about and their mission, etc. And the first, the first line of their mission statement read, food fuels our physical, mental and emotional well-being. And straight away, I kind of knew that they're a brand that very much aligns with what we're about at Eat, Look, Feel. They have a strong focus on sustainability, the mission, the values, the people. They're just a genuinely very, very impressive brand. Throughout my coaching, I talk a lot about creating convenience and enjoyment through your nutrition to create sustainability. And I think what Exalt are doing is exactly that. They provide ready-to-drink shakes that are super convenient and full of good nutrition. So if you do see Exalt about, give them a go. I can genuinely recommend them, both the products and the brand. Welcome to the Eat, Look, Feel podcast. This podcast is here to delve into inspirational and aspirational guests' personal health, digging a little bit deeper into how they approach their nutrition, their training, and their mindset, all of the ideas to create better for themselves. Please subscribe and please do share with anyone who you think might find this valuable. As usual, create better always, the Eat, Look, Feel team. This week's episode is with Bianca Erigo. Bianca is a personal development coach and a corporate wellbeing consultant. She is one of the most educated people I know, particularly around the psychological side of health. In this episode, we focus on how a holistic and ever-changing approach to health is the only way to address it, and focusing specifically on stress management and how that is one of the most overlooked areas when looking to create healthy and happier. So without further ado, this is Bianca Erigo. Bianca, welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for your time. I know um, how incredibly busy you are, so I'm very grateful that you uh, have taken the time to jump on today. Ah, uh, for you, in ways. Let's start where we start with everybody. Um, how would you define health, Be? What does healthy mean to you? I think healthy to me is probably living your life in an optimal way. And I think I say that with importance that everyone's optimal is different and it's spread across different sources so to me healthy is just having a maybe healthy mindset it's having a healthy exercise routine it's having healthy nutrition it's having health in every sort of area of your life and that's a balance that works for you and that balance is different for everyone so a complete like holistic approach to health right yeah, 100%. I think it's the real importance is it being different for everyone. I think people put so much pressure on themselves to have a healthy lifestyle. And they think that healthy is training five times a week, you know, eating well every meal, getting eight hours sleep every night, you know, doing their meditation every day. And they sort of set themselves up for failure and then feel really bad when they don't hit these goals. And actually, for me, I think it's more about having daily routines and daily habits that you enjoy that you can sustain 
that make you feel good. Yeah, I completely agree with with your um, your entire ethos. And like you say, it's almost getting away from the all or nothing, right? Just tidying things up from a habits and, and routines point of view, doing things you enjoy, playing the long-term game rather than this. It has yeah. to be, you know, like you said, five sessions a week, nutrition perfect, or it's an absolute car yeah. crash. And it changes as you go through your life, you know. At some points, it might be that you have to have more priority on your work. At other points, it might be you're putting more importance on your relationships. At other times, it might be more importance on your personal health. You know, it's not something that stays the same every single year because you change and what's important to you also changes. So it's about being fluid of that. Where am I at with my life? What's important to me? How can I still make time to make sure and ensure that I am covering all my bases so that the long term me will thank me? But also, where do I want to prioritize my time at the moment? That's so powerful, B. And it's, it's almost like a life periodization model is the way that I kind of like talk about it to clients. Like you said, there's going to yes. be times in your life where different facets of health become more important. Sometimes the social side of things is going to be yeah. super important. Sometimes the physical side of things is going to be super important. And, it, you know, it's, it's going to change as you move. There's no one size fits all answer. You're never going to be able to be in complete control of things and you're never going to be able to, there's going to be times where you are in control of things. And I think it's that understanding that mentally, that is the powerful part. And like you say, it's, it's keeping everything moving at all times, but it's focusing in on the things you need to focus on. And that's where... I think is the difference between living and living a truly healthy lifestyle is being able to sort of identify which parts and which facets of your life you need to really focus in on at the right times. Yeah, that's something that I really do do preach. It's about, for me, health is all about stress reduction. How can I reduce the amount of stress I'm under? Now, our stress sources change throughout life. Therefore, we're going to have to change our response to those sources. Um, and if we want to be healthy, going back to the, your original question, what is healthy, it's either learning to manage our stress effectively or when we are stressed, be able to be resilient with that stress, you know, so it doesn't start overwhelming us. And therefore, where we put our focus is going to have to change. Yeah, I think, I think it's so true. And actually, hold fire there because I want to actually come back to stress management because I know how incredibly educated you are around it. So we'll come back to that later on in the discussion. But let's just go back to, and I, I want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. So your background, how you sort of made the journey into yeah. the fitness industry, just to give everyone a little background of sort of yeah. you and what you're about. That's so classic me, by the way. Someone talks to me for two minutes. I'm like, have you looked at your stress levels today? Like, I just can't help myself. I'm such a stress nerd. I'm like, uh, it must be something to do with your stress. Um, but yes, okay. So my background, so my... I actually, for, when I was at university, I studied um, psychology. That's what my background's in. And then coming out of university, uh, my father was diagnosed with um, a terminal illness. And he wasn't given very long left to live. Um, so I had these plans of going traveling and exploring the world and buying myself some time. Um, so I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, but as we all know, sometimes life has other ideas. So sort of life threw me this curveball and I went and had to find my first job. Um, at that point in time where I was at my life, all I really was motivated by was money. Um, you know, I wanted the big house, the fast cars. I really wanted to be able to 
by my dad everything he'd ever wanted before he no longer had the chance to have it. So that was like my main driver as a young sort of 21-year-old um, female. And I ended up working in IT. So I worked in sort of global network, infrastructure, data center, services, um, sort of space. And was quite good at it, to be honest. I sort of always knew that I would be good at sales. Um, I love talking to anyone. I love just having like conversations and being out there and finding out about people and what they want to sell. For me, it wasn't very difficult. Um, but it did sort of come at the expense of my own health with my father being terminally ill, being a young female, you know, in that first job in London, learning firsthand sort of the stresses and the way that that sort of city life is. Um, you'd be working round the clock seven days a week you know you're going out every night drinking either with clients or with your colleagues um I was going through a lot of stress and trauma with my father and I ended up just becoming really really ill from it all um and ended up in hospital actually through um really bad stomach issues and effectively what the doctor said was because I was so strong-minded my body wouldn't stop just keep going and going and going and I kept going into the office every day so it actually took my body physically shutting down from the inside to tell me to slow down to tell me to stop um so at that point in time it was about a year I was in and out of hospital and my stomach walls had been broken down um to quite an extreme rate I was supposed to be on medicine for the rest of my life I was supposed to have endoscopies every six to twelve months for the rest of my life none of that I need anymore um thankfully due to a huge change in lifestyle but that's sort of when the fitness came in. Um, and I just started going to the gym every day. You know, instead of being in the pub, I would be my personal trainer. I changed my entire diet. I stopped drinking. I quit smoking, you know, and I started trying to learn to manage my stress. Um, and then when my dad passed away, I just decided that there was more to life than sitting in an office in London doing something I really, really fundamentally hated. Um, and everyone says whenever you lose someone close to you, you shouldn't make any drastic decisions within the first year. I think within the first month, I had changed everything in my life. I'd been gone from living in this like, Bloomsbury penthouse where my Louboutins to work every day to living off the east coast of Australia in a tent with Aborigines. Um, like my life just went complete like 360. And yeah, I came back a year later, set up my own wellbeing company, tried to implement everything I learned about meditation, mindset, nutrition, exercise, stress management. Um, and here we are three years later and it's what I do. I appreciate you sharing that with us. That's a, uh, it's a fun entry into the industry, right? But in a really interesting way. And I guess like you kind of learn, well, you did learn the hard way about these things. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned that your lifestyle changed massively and mm. it was a product mm. of it pretty much it having to, right, because of the illness and the, the huge mm. amount of stress you were putting yourself under. And, I mean, now you're obviously in incredible shape. You have an insane output. So how did you, like, what, is your, what, are, your, what are your sort of habits and routines look like now? How often do you train? Do you train? At, like, what, what was the biggest shift in your lifestyle over, like, that period and moving towards, like, today? Do you still train the same way? Has it had sort of changed over the years? So when I was getting my 
endoscopies and it started once every six months and it went to every year and then the last one I had and the doctors they asked me this because they said that not only had I prevented the worsening of my stomach issues and problems that were recurring but I'd actually reversed the damage and they were like well what have you changed and I was like well there's nothing I haven't changed you know every habit that I was doing is now the opposite and to begin with it went a bit too far I I sort of didn't have any balance whereas now with my habits and my routines I definitely try to implement more of a balance I try to implement more downtime I try to implement like more fun time you know like I think a lot of the problems we have as humans and especially in today's societies we're very black and white about things and by having those very rigid ways of thinking we put so much pressure under ourselves so it it really depends. Like, there's certain things that I don't like having to compromise on. Like I do like my sleep. I do like my early bedtime. So, like I do like training at least like four times a week. I do like eating well, but it's not something I have to do every day. So I try and do like the 80-20 approach. At 80% am I doing this correctly? 20% I can be a little bit more relaxed. What I took from that is that you kind of approached it you kind of approached it, which I think is very different to a lot of people, is you kind of went all in and you changed your nutrition, you changed your stress management, you, you changed your training style overnight, yeah. if you like. Do you marry your success yeah. or what, you know, you, do you marry your sort of recovery and the fact that you managed to sort of like turn around those, that illness and that you're in a far better place now? Do you marry that to one of those specifically? Do you think one's more important than the other or do you think it's completely a combination of all three? I think you need a strong combination of all three. In my personal opinion, shock I'm about to say this, I don't think it matters if you're training, if you've got the best training schedule, if you're eating the most perfect diet for your body, if you're not managing your stress, everything else is irrelevant, in my opinion, because it's always going to catch up with you. It's always going to drive information. It's always going to end up being that devil on the shoulder and getting a better review. So to me, you can't out-train that, you can't out-eat that. You have to learn to manage it and manage it effectively. But equally, I do think I did it, this all-or-nothing approach, which I would never recommend to a client. Actually, if a client said that to me, I'd be like, whoa, take a step back. Let's put small building blocks in here. Like, Let's put in a plan that we can give us the best chance of succeeding at, that gives us the best chance to see the results we want to do. You know, like, you speak at this all the time, right? Like intensity versus consistency. And intensity having this end point, whereas consistency, it does not. It becomes a behavior. And that's so key. And that's so key when we're trying to build new habits and we want to build a better life and a happier life and a healthier life. It's what are these small building blocks that we can do every day? But the nutrition has to be in there. The training has to be in there. The mindset and the approach has to be in there. The recovery has to be in there. Without them, it's not It's not going to work. It's that whole holistic approach that you know that health is this multifaceted concept that isn't just your nutrition yeah. and your training which is this so commonly sort of thought i actually agree with you and it's probably been one of the biggest learning curves for me over the last sort of 18 months since i've started coaching a lot more people is this is the stress management mm. side of things and understanding how important that is because i think mm. my old beliefs were that nutrition and training is the most important thing and now mm. as I learn more and work with more clients and see more and more people mm. and more and more lifestyles and even my own lifestyle, 
I think that stress management yeah. is such an underutilized topic. I know this is playing straight into your hands and I know you're sitting there going, oh, of course, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. <laughs> but it's, honestly, genuinely, it's probably the biggest change. Finally, my... people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the biggest change in my sort of coaching style as well is that, you know, because I always knew the yeah. training and nutrition side of things, but learning about actually mm-hmm. finding out problems. And I put something on my story the other day on my, uh, my social and I wrote something about like, you've got high levels of cortisol in your body which is obviously the stress hormone, you're fighting a losing battle half the time. Again, like when you're trying to yeah. become healthier with, with high amounts of, of, you know, the stress hormone in your body, you're fighting a losing battle. And the amount of people yeah. that replied saying, what, really? And like, yeah. it's incredible yeah. how it's like, the knowledge just isn't, isn't there. And like I said, I think over the last sort of say like 18 months of the clients that I've seen sort of tr- truly become healthier and happier, I don't think there's one example I can think of that that hasn't managed stress well. Stress is, for me, a lot of the people resist it because actually it's the hardest one to change. Actually, when it comes down to changing your mindset and how you interpret information and how you respond to information and how you change your lifestyle and what that looks like, actually learning to eat well or train more regularly or implement better sleep <laughs> or recovery tools, that actually becomes easy compared to how do I change the way I think about every single thing every single day? And how can I relearn years of learned behaviors and conditioned responses and you know better myself for it? And therefore that becomes very difficult. So we see a lot of resistance towards it. And also it doesn't fit into today's society, you know. You can go to the job and an hour before you can go to the gym or at lunch you can take your meal prep, but that's not changing the job. Therefore, that's not changing the stress. So people resist it because they're like, well, I don't know how to change it. And actually, a lot of times like, okay, well, we can change certain elements. And for the elements we can't change, we have to learn to reduce or change our response. Like, There's a reason it's at the basis of 60% of all illness and disease. One in three people now reach the APA criteria for anxiety disorders. Like one in three of us now do not sleep enough, but another three of us on top of that aren't sleeping correctly. And it's all down to stress. So it's like, when are we going to start listening to this information, to this science? Like, When are we going to start actually being proactive about this? Yeah, it's fascinating. It really is the foundation. And I, yeah. I talk about it from more of like a mindset point of view, but like the mindset, it's, it's the foundation to everything, right? Like nutrition and training is tangible. You can, yeah. you can address that. It's easy to address. Obviously, you know, you have to go down the rabbit holes in, in every sort of facet, but that's there. That can be on paper if you want. That can be super tangible. But what goes on in your head, creating that consistency, creating that motivation, like you said, managing your stress, mm. you know, it's not it's not tangible. It's not written down. So it's it's such a, it's a more complicated part of the process, but probably the most important and, and where the foundation of anything comes from. Yeah. And it's not about avoiding stress, right? If you avoid all stress, you're going to have a very, very boring life. Stress is means you're outside your comfort zone. It means you're doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, but also you're exploring, you're having fun, you're pushing yourself, you're working hard, you're socialising. Like stress is actually not about being avoidant, but it's about learning to operate effectively within it. And those humans who are in the best position to have the healthiest, the happiest lives are the most resilient, are the ones who can operate and adapt best in those situations of high pressure but this is where like every all the other parts come into it right you can't do that if you're not training if you're not eating the correct things if you're not sleeping enough because these are all the small building blocks that help build your resilience to stress and how much of stress do you think we bring on ourselves 
I think the majority of stress in our lives we bring in ourselves because it's how we interpret the stimuli, right? External stress is going to happen. That's that's life. Everyone has, and you know, there's obviously stress affects everybody differently and everyone's, you know, no stress is more stressing than others, if that makes sense. But mm. it's about how we react to it, right? A hundred percent. And I always say there's a huge difference between a reaction and a response. And you always want to be responding. You never want to be reacting. A reaction is subconscious. You know, a response is something that is with intent and is thought about. And if you're reacting, you're losing. If you're responding, you're in control. You're winning. I really like that analogy. You can have it. I want that in the next book with a little Bianca <laughs> back at marks. <laughs> with Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's all yours. Okay, so I actually took this. So while while we're on the while we're on the topic of um, stress management, I actually uh, was on your social media earlier and saw a really good video of you talking about stress management, and I'll actually link it below mm. so everyone can watch. But I took. As I mean, as I'm sure you know, I love a framework. I love, I think it's a really, really good way of making health resonate with lots of different people. As you say, I think health looks very different to every single person. Mm. And one way I've learned to try and resonate with everybody is like create frameworks and talk about these facets and, you know, everyone can kind of resonate. So I saw that you, you know, you, you spoke about stress management and it was the six, whether they're pillars yeah. or, or facets of stress management, mm-hmm. which are your movement, your nutrition, your boundaries, environment and people, recovery and procrastination. Mm. So can we just delve a little bit into that? And almost, if, I think what could be really cool is if we, we delve into each pillar and almost give people that are listening potentially like ideas to implement in their own lives around those pillars. So let's start with the first one. Okay, hit me with the first one again. Movement. (laughs) Movement. So the first one you wrote was movement. Yeah, Yeah, and this can be different for everyone, right? And this isn't about going and trying to kill yourself in the gym every day. Movement can be walking. Movement can be stretching. But you need to be moving in order to manage our stress. If you think about it, when we evolved and we were sort of ancient hunter-gatherers, we were walking for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers a day you know we were breaking down our cortisol we were metabolizing that cortisol if we're sat at a desk all day and we're stressing and our cortisol levels are rising we do not get up and move we cannot break that cortisol down so for me a priority in everyone's day is getting some form of movement and then going deeper than that obviously you want to be looking at making sure although not every day you need to be going and killing yourself in the gym you need to be doing certain exercises and times of more higher intensity putting your heart rate under that bit more pressure a bit more stress so that you can actually have the long-term benefits of that type of exercise as well but yeah movement is key to managing stress and digging even deeper into that what are your thoughts on over movement because obviously movement stress on the body right so if you're super stressed can you then move towards moving too much or training too much over training I actually think overtraining is very, very difficult. I think under-recovering is very easy. However, saying that, 
you know if I say to a lot of my clients if they're if they're clients who or when I'm giving these talks if they're people who are training at that upper end of the spectrum there's a few things you have to remember number one exercise isn't therapy so if you're just trying to go into that gym to forget about all your stresses every day but you're not dealing with those stresses they're not going anywhere you're just hiding them temporarily and they're going to come back and bite you on the bum even bigger so we can never treat exercise as therapy and so that's when you get that upper end also if you're going in and doing the same thing again and again and again yes you're probably likely going to get injured because you're pushing your body under too much stress in the same movement patterns across the same joints in the same way with the same impact that's likely just going to re- increase your um, chances of injury and also and this is more like for females as well because men tend to be more effective at breaking down cortisol um, in this manner but like lots of like sort of more hip-based workouts if you're just doing that constantly you're elevating your cortisol level so high it's actually going to slow down things like fat loss you know you're going to start seeing the opposite results you want to see and increase risk of injury so yes you can overtrain but it's difficult but a lot of time it's under recovering not eating enough to fuel yourself not sleeping enough to recover for yourself in my opinion yeah which is going on to the other sort of pillars that we're about to talk about right so let's move on to number two which you said was your nutrition how does that affect your stress Oh, now you can take me down a massive gut health rabbit hole, which I'll go down if you're not careful. Just tell me to shut up at any point here because it's not just love. Yeah, so nutrition. And I think personal nutrition is so key for stress management. I think you talk about this a lot as well. It's like controlling the controllables. Well, it's one of the easiest things you can control, your personal nutrition. So when we're stressed, we often feel like so many things are out of our control. Just by bringing things back in within our power, we start mitigating against that stress before we've even done anything else. For every cell in our body, there's 10 pieces of bacteria in our gut and 80% of our neurotransmitters are actually manufactured in our gut. So things like your dopamine, your serotonin, your GABA, people often think that anxiety and stress is a problem of the brain, but they don't realise that actually 80% of those neurotransmitters are manufactured in your gut. So if your gut's not making them, your brain can't release them. So our gut health is directly correlated to two things, managing our stress and the biodiversity of fruit and plants in our diet. So if we're not eating enough fruit and veg of enough different colours and enough different types, keeping it that simple, it's going to be very, very, very hard to make the neurotransmitters you need to make to have the healthiest mind you can have. A healthy gut, a healthy brain, right? Yeah, exactly. Something we're seeing more and more of in science and research now. I think, like you said, there's there's so much to take there. I think like gut health is something that is mm. hugely underutilized by so many people. And even dig yeah. deeper towards the mindset side of thing there, like just being in control of what you can be in control of is something yeah. that I see so, so much is, you know, unfortunately with over-consuming, there are elements of guilt that come with that. There are elements of you yeah. know, just potentially self-worth as well comes into it. And yeah. I think yeah. it's like, you know, controlling that, that's one thing that you are always in control of is the food that you put into your body. And if you like, I appreciate yeah. that doesn't have to be strict and it's difficult to get right. It really is. But when you can get it right, yeah. it's one, it's one of the, one of the most powerful tools. I think, I mean, I think I, I believe food's essentially medicine and yeah, it plays a huge part in the stress management side of things. I really do. Yeah, Let's move on. Exactly. It's that two pronged approach. It's a two pronged approach of being able to prove to yourself you can control things and your willpower and your worth. And then the other approach of actually physically fueling yourself correctly 
so your body can manufacture and perform at a cellular level how it needs to perform. Next one, boundaries. What did you mean by that? Boundaries. Uh, so I think today, especially in today's society, we generally, so many of us suck at setting boundaries and healthy boundaries. And we are so stressed because we are pulling ourselves in so many directions all the time. And we're just, you know, pouring up from our cup. But, you know, then our cup ends up empty. And we're like, well, I wonder why I feel so rubbish. It's like, well, because, you know, you set no boundaries for anything. You don't have any boundaries for saying no to people. You don't have any boundaries for switching your laptop up laptop off from work you don't have any boundaries at weekends you don't have any boundaries for the first hour of your day you know keeping your phone away from you people have no boundaries and then they wonder why they're overwhelmed i think in in this day and age like you said you 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 know you can essentially work from your phone right anyone in the world it's essentially a computer so you're constantly working you're constantly got that sort of stimuli constant stresses and yeah yeah it's difficult it's difficult to set boundaries but i think like you say, when you make them tangible, it can. And like, how many times do you go to something you don't want to go to? It's yeah. more important the things you say no to than the things you say yes to, essentially, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm sure you have this with your clients. So, like, you are, remember what you did at the weekend? Oh, I had to go to this birthday party. Oh, I had to go to this work event. Oh, I had to go do this. I had to go do that. You know, like, did you want to? No. Why did you go then? You know, but you don't be scared to say no. Your energy is precious. Your time is precious. You know, you're a full grown adult. If you don't want to do something, don't do something. Now, I'm not saying go and say no to everything and get fired from your job or get dumped by your partner. I'm not taking responsibility for that. But I'm saying, you know, then within reason, learn to say no more. So I guess that ties into point four, which is environment and people. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's so important. The environment you put around yourself, the impact that has on your success, you know, is so fundamental and so key. Like, for me, I want to be the least intelligent person in the room. You know, I want to be the least optimistic person in the room. I want to be the least entrepreneurial person in the room, you know, because if you're not, it's very hard to grow and to get better. But also our environment goes more than that. What are you reading? What are you watching? Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your energy? All these things are your environment. So if your environment is not one that betters your chances of success, you don't stand a chance. I completely agree. And I think as well, even even for your health, like, you know, I talk a lot about environment being sort of even like a kitchen audit right like if the food in your fridge what does it look like because i can likely tell you what your habits are going to look like dependent on that and you're in control and the people you yeah like it's like they say isn't it if your housemate is healthy you're likely to be healthy if your partner enjoys exercise you're likely to enjoy exercise it's, it's creating that environment and and half the time the environment is completely in your control you can create your own environment and create yeah. things to essentially work for you hundred percent and I mean like even like with the people like the number of people I speak to and they spend time with people they don't like because they've known them for years and I'm like but that makes no sense like but they're making you feel like you can't achieve something or they're making you feel like worried about your appearance or about your job or about your other relationships you know or your goals or your dreams or the way you choose to spend your time so why on earth are you hanging around with these people just because you've known them for a few years you can know a few more people for a few more years and they can have a lot more benefit on your life, you know? But 
we hold so much guilt and responsibility to things that no longer serve us. And I think we can actually get a lot better at letting things go if need be. Some harsh truth there, B. I think as well, from a personal point of view, is uh, like, are you having that mm-hmm. a- effect on other people? Everybody can ask themselves that. Like, what, what, yeah. what effect are you having on the people around you? Are you promoting healthier and happier to everybody around you? Are you, are, you know, are, yeah. you, are you making people happy? Are you genuinely having a positive effect on people or not? And it's so powerful. If everyone had that mindset, yeah, exactly. imagine what the world would be like. So moving on, this yeah. is an important one, recovery. So in terms of stress management, you can't learn to manage your stress or manage stress effectively if you're not recovering. Now, we can approach it from the sleep aspect. Are you sleeping enough? Are you getting your seven to nine hours? Depending on the person, depends what you need within that range. But we'd like most of us fall within that range. So are you sleeping enough? I said it earlier, a third of us don't sleep enough. A third of us don't get the correct quality of sleep. So what is your pre-bed routine looking like? are you on your devices all night are you watching the netflix all night remember the the brain a lot of people don't realize that the brain doesn't know the difference between a real situation and an imagined situation so the brain doesn't know the difference between someone actually dying in front of you or you watching a netflix documentary and people are dying or there's these big cliffhangers your brain just sees what's going on and releases the cortisol so you go into the sympathetic nervous system you go into this fight versus flight then you go to bed. And even if you can get to sleep straight away, the quality of your sleep, the level of that sleep, the stages you go into are so hugely impacted. Like how many people do you speak up to now? And they wake up and they say, I don't understand why I'm tired. I've had nine hours sleep. And it's like, yeah, but what, what is that quality of your sleep looking like? I looked so Italian then, didn't I? You can tell that's when I get passionate. My Italian hands come out. Um, <laughs> what does that quality look like? And making sure that you're recovering correctly on that level and then there's the other areas and the stuff that I know you're really into I love that sort of biohacking side of things we've got so many cool like technologies now and it can be something as simple as a breathing class you might go for your ice baths you might go for your infrared saunas you know but what recovery tools are you using to put your body in the best physical and mental state of recovering as fast as it can and to the best of its ability yeah, I think it ties back super well into what you were talking about earlier in terms of overtraining is a word that's probably massively overused and it actually comes down to under-recovering. Yeah. And we, you know, it's so, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is difficult to, 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 you know, to prioritise recovery sometimes because when you have a long job and a family and a, you want to also train, sleep is notoriously the number one thing that people will start to neglect, right? Like less sleep. And yeah that has a knock-on effect and I think like you said it's very we have all these biohacks these days and they're great like mm. I'm you know I love all this stuff I love the cold therapy side of things I love massage guns mm. I think they're all super useful to add to sort of your recovery paradigm if you like but at the end of the day it's the fundamentals it's your sleep and it's your nutrition, right and how many I mean how many sort of cases have 100%. you seen over the years where it's like oh you know I'm really not recovering well I need to have an ice bath that's that's the key and it's like yeah, yeah. no you have you're having five hours of sleep yeah. you're drinking way too much caffeine throughout the day you know you're, yeah, you're probably yeah. not exactly stretching and mobilizing but yeah it's definitely that ice bath that's gonna sort of help you out it's just not yeah just or not I'm gonna case. eat ready meals all day but I'm going to take the exactly. supplements. And I'm like, well, why don't you save the money in supplements and buy your organic vegetables and uh, know the basics? And then you can worry about supplementing on top of that. 
once yeah. the basics are correct. It's those fundamentals, isn't it? And it's it's, it's not as it's not as Instagram worthy or as or as um, fun, but no, it's where most. And it's slow people, and it's long and it's boring. <laughs> it's where most people should start, right? If they need to improve their recovery, is yeah, right, audit your sleep and audit your nutrition. Are they if they're both in a great place yeah. and you're still not recovering well? Then right now, let's look at massage yeah, guns. Let's look, look at deep tissue therapy. Let's look at cold therapy. Let's look at infrared saunas. So moving on to yeah. this last one, and I actually find this one really interesting because I've never seen, uh, I don't think I've ever, ever seen someone sort of link procrastination and stress management together. Uh, I think I know where you're going to go with it, but yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so for me, this is a big one. And whenever I give my presentations or I work, one-to-one with my clients it's one of the first things I look at is their procrastination levels you can tell so much from this um you can get such a good picture as to where someone's at in themselves how they're operating physically how they're operating mentally but you can also get a pretty good read of like things like their self-worth and their motivation and so what you're working with and how you help them out that route or just optimize their days and procrastination for me is like the root of all evil procrastination it causes so much stress and it kills so many dreams and yet people find it so hard to get out of I think the problem with procrastination is a lot of the time when it comes to motivation people wait for motivation to occur and actually a lot of the time it's quite the opposite you have to start doing and the motivation follows so when working with people who are highly procrastinating we sort of have to look at the reasons why but then there's sort of different tools and techniques that you can start implementing to try and decrease those levels and as soon as you start decreasing your procrastination you start decreasing anxiety you start decreasing stress you start to increase motivation and that has a domino effect on every other area of your life and all those facets we speak about. I love that. And I, I kind of, like I said, when I said pre- previous, I kind of presumed you were going to go down the route of the, of the link between procrastination and anxiety. But I love that whole mm. idea that so much of our stress is sort of self-induced by procrastinating. And I guess you mean it in terms of even yeah. small day-to-day like things in life, not just say like long-term health yeah. goals. No, it can just be simple as like answering those emails or mm. paying those bills or cleaning the kitchen but it's these tiny things that cause tension in our minds and cause resistance within us and they build up so quickly and then suddenly they become these huge blockers and we remember we are based on condition we condition to everything you know our brains love a conditioned response so as start as we as soon as we start procrastinating in one area it's very hard not to see a domino effect into all areas I think a good one, a good sort of like one thing I learned and that I try and implement in my life now, I can't remember who the author was, but it's, a, it's that whole, if it takes like, if it takes less than two minutes to do, just do it now. Yes. Don't progress. Yeah, don't. who was that? It's really famous. Yeah, it's a really famous book. It's I the, can't um, for the life of me think. Yeah, it's, but it's little things like oh. that, right? Like they're the actionable tips that you can take. It's like how many things, yeah. and it's only when you think about it, and I think this so much yeah. like and I was the biggest person to do it myself is that how many things in your life do you just put off like you said even emails bills yeah. tidying something yeah. up how many times do you just think I'll do that in two minutes and like you said I think it's the, yeah. even if it's subconscious you're adding to that you're adding to the stress right and how many things if it takes less than five minutes just do it 
And it's also, it's a really good indicator of how well you're balanced in your life because a lot of the time people talk about time management and I, a lot of the talks I give, I actually say, it's not about time management. Forget about time. Think about energy and it's energy management because you could have 24 hours in a day, but if you've got no energy, it doesn't matter how many hours you have. And if we're procrastinating and we can get an indicator of where our energy's at, or even where your energy's at within the days or within the hours within those days, and you can find the times that you're most effective, that you're most cognitively switched on, where you're most physically peaking at your performance. You know, if you can start to get an understanding of when you are at your best, um, you can then start building your habits and your routines, working with your energy, and then time becomes irrelevant because you're getting everything done because you're working with your strongest foot forward. And a lot of time we procrastinate because we are low in energy. And then we get we start to feel even more harsh on ourselves and feeling even worse. We're like, well, we've got six hours and I've still not done anything. And it's like, yeah, because you're exhausted, because you're burning the candle at both ends, because you're not saying no to anything, because you're not sleeping correctly, because you're either not training or going too hard in your training, you know, and you're physically and mentally exhausted. So let's take a step back. Let's work out how we can reduce this procrastination. Let's work out how we can increase our energy. And then let's put those building blocks into place. So, so good. I appreciate that. I think we've covered stress Thanks, management <laughs> completely. And I think there's lots to take away <laughs> yeah, from there. Thanks, exactly what exactly what I wanted to uh, to get you on and to raid your knowledge. So I'm going to go on a slightly, slightly different tangent, but it's something that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Is, do you think there's an element of walking the walk uh, and like leading by example to working in the coaching and sort of like the well-being space? Yeah, do you know what? I um yeah, I am a really firm believer in as a coach, you have to walk the walk. You have to talk talk. Now this does not mean as a coach you have to have a six pack or as a coach you have to always manage your stress, you know? But it does mean if you are giving someone advice or if you are talking to groups of people or if you are putting information out there on social media that you yourself are not doing and not following, you have no right to speak about it because you're setting unobtainable values and unobtainable sorts of goals that you can't do yourself. So therefore you can't talk about it. You can't discuss it. You can't preach it, you know? And I think as a coach, we have this responsibility to say like, hey, I know it's tough sometimes. Hey, I put my hands up. I don't always manage my stress. Hey, look, I don't always have the best training sessions or train, have the best training months or I don't always eat well. But hey, look, I give it my best shot 100% of the time. Like, I have found a way to try and create a life that I know I deserve, that my future self will thank me for. And I know you can do the same, you know? So we'll find a way for you to do it that works for you. But I am someone that you can trust. I have done it myself. You know, I'm constantly trying. I think as a coach, it's really, really important when your biggest job is to try and learn or find a way to inspire. You know, people will listen. If they're inspired by you, if they're like this person, you know what, they're going and doing this. They're, they're really trying their best, you know. They're taking that path of most resistance, not of least resistance. You know, they're going out to, and that inspires me to do the same. That inspires me to go out outside my comfort zone. That inspires me to take that hard path. And I think it's very hard to do that if you're not doing it yourself. 
Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I can completely uh, agree with so much of that. Going back to what you said right at the start, when you sort of came out of the difficult mm. times, this is something I wrote down. You obviously seem to come away from the hard times and really put a mm. focus onto your physical health and really had that. But has mm. there ever been a time where you've neglected your physical health because your because of your mental health? Does that make sense? Yeah, and look, I think for me at a very young age, my dad was a very, very, very healthy person. Never had a cigarette, wasn't a big drinker. He was out on his bike every weekend. You know, it was what happened to him was hugely, hugely unfair. Um, but that's how the world works sometimes. You know, the world isn't fair. But it taught me at a very young age, you know, health isn't ever something to be taken for granted. And health isn't a given. And I, the day and I have children and I have a family, I never want to be in a position where I would sit there and go, I could have done more for myself to avoid this moment. And that's for me, being proactive about my health is really, it's fueled from that, but it's just so deeply ingrained in me now. But yeah, absolutely. Like, as you know, as a business owner, am I going to sit here and pretend that I never get stressed? And that I don't want to pull my hair out sometimes. I've always noted you before being like, Dad, it's too much, you know? Like, what am I doing? I don't know who I am or why I started this or why I'm doing this. And that really affects my mental health, you know? And I am a naturally very stressed person. So for me to learn to manage that and use it to my advantage, it takes a lot. And it's something I have to do every day. People are like, where... How do you find how do you find the motivation to always train? How do you find the motivation to eat so well? Those are the easy bits for me. So how do I not let this stress make me ill today? How do I not let this stress stop me from sleeping today? How do I not let this stress make me search out all the bad in everything I do, even though there's a million good? You know, so we all have different battles. And I think that's really important to remember, especially when on social media and when talking to like people and our friends and things, it's like Everyone's so different and everyone is, has different challenges. So that's why it's so important not to compare to others. But yeah, I mean, I used to be so unhealthy. I would, my dinner when I worked in the city every night was a bottle of red wine and two Weetabix. That's how I used to deal with my stress and my dad dying and the targets I was given in this first city job, you know. So there's been times in my life and I think that's why I do what I do now. It's why I go in and give these talks and work with one-to-one individuals because I'm not saying this is what you should do, that you should eat your vegetables, you should exercise, and I've never known it any different. I'm saying I get it. This is what I used to do. I understand your pressures. I understand your stresses, but this is how we can change it together. I think there's a big level of it becomes addictive as well. This is something that I talk to clients about is that feeling mm. good. And like you said, those habits and routines, it's, it gets addictive. You get addicted to, you know, feeling good and understanding, but you've kind of got to go through that initial like bedding in period where it is uncomfortable and you do have to make those changes and you do have to sort of learn around these sort of like the different parameters of like nutrition training mindset. You have to start understanding what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And it is uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. But when you do start understanding that and you do get everything aligned and working for you, I think it it does get addictive. And, you know, like how many people do you know that are, like addicted to the process as in just addicted to feeling yeah. good and it's like then when you take those away from somebody like for instance if I took away your training yeah. and your nutrition now you wouldn't be able to like you wouldn't you'd be so uncomfortable and oh. I think that's the that's where yeah. 
Exactly. And, but, but, but so many people will get stuck in the loop of never, never understanding that feeling of truly feeling good and having things work for you that yeah. it's a shame. You do understand yeah, that. Yeah, really 100%. Does. Like it's a powerful thing getting everything working for you. I think it, it's that realisation of your own superpowers is what I say to my clients. You know, it's <laughs> like you build your resilience so much. You make yourself feel so uncomfortable so often that discomfort no longer feels uncomfy. You go, ha, huh, you know, I've got this. Oh, pain. Oh, discomfort. Oh, resi- resistance. Yeah, sure. I do this day in, day out. Let's go. And it's those little ways of thinking that you build on the gym floor with your nutrition, with your stress management, that when life actually throws you a real challenge, your brain is so programmed to be able to overcome a challenge, you do it without even thinking. You go to those tools that you've learned in your toolbox and you say, I've got this, I can do this. There's no doubt. There's no you know, fear. You go, fine, let's go. This is what we have to do. We'll do it. And that's why I say to my clients, these things that you don't think are important, they're so, so important because they are the messages you tell yourself. There is no conversation in the world more important than the one you have between your two ears. So if that conversation isn't one of growth and strength and resilience, it's very, very difficult to overcome or do anything with your life. Going back to the importance of getting that foundation of your mindset. Yeah, 100%. The last question, and this is something that I ask everybody that comes mm. on, I'm sure you've heard. What is the ultimate goal with your health be? Where do you want to take things? Uh, do you know what? I think the ultimate goal of my health, it comes back to what I said before, but, you know, being able to reflect on my life at any point and knowing I've been as proactive as I possibly can be to avoid and mitigate against anything that may go wrong and you know you can't control life you can't control what happens but you can always put yourself in the best position to mitigate against it so you know that for me that that's the number one desired outcome for me and that's my motivation and i think it always will be bianca thank you so much for your time you are so welcome thank you for having me mr hyman Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.